Hey folks, in this interview, I sit down with Colombian photographer Juanita Escobar. Juanita and I discuss her work documenting life along the Orinco River, which is a river that rides along the border of Venezuela and Colombia. This is Twitter. All right. Hey, Juanita, welcome to This Week in Photo. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hello. Thank you for the invitation, Frederick. Yeah, no, this is great. This is really great. As we were we were talking about uh, before um, I started recording, I, I'm really excited to do interviews with people that are, that are doing, you know, real work in photography and using their cameras to not just for the sake of, you know, taking pretty pictures, but to actually tell stories. And that's what this interview is all about. So I'm excited to be doing this part of the Fuji series with you. Um, you're right now. You're based currently right now. You're in Colombia, and you know you're you're like we said in the intro. You're a photographer based in Colombia. Let's start with the beginning. So before we dive into the piece that you did a, around the Orinco, let's talk about the what led you to be a photographer. Why why is Juanita a photographer right now? Uh, I started, I got in love uh, um, in Cali. Uh, I started to work in cinema and films when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I quit school and I had like the great opportunity to, to join a, a group of cinema. And uh, I, I continued the whole movie like uh, two months. Uh, so there I discovered like this passion uh, to tell stories uh, with the camera and uh, yeah, basically to, to tell stories. So after this movie, I, I joined all these people and I learned uh, with them for the first years of my career. Then I decided to, 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 to tell stories with the, just with the camera, but uh, the, the first beginning was uh, with cinema, documentary cinema. Oh really? Well, wow. so why 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 the transition to still photos from cinema? Why not continue with with motion? Um, for me, I I wanted to be DP, like a, yeah, a cinematographer, mm -hmm. a director of photography, and I was doing like this path to to training myself. Um, uh, so the, from the beginning it was the camera, uh, my field. But um, not just uh, like uh, the photography department, but also I was very touched by the documentary. And I wanted to do documentary. Uh, but then I realized I was not very young, but I was 17. Yeah, and yeah. Um, then I realized that uh, being among all these people and moving with uh, such amount of people, it was uh, not that easy and not that uh, easy for me to to uh, to find uh, quick like uh, the satisfaction with the with the stories. I wanted to start, and uh, for me it was easier uh, to go uh, to travel out out of the cities and and start with my own camera. Uh, so and I had the opportunity to to go and travel with a with a friend, a photographer, uh, to do a, a, a work in the plains. So so I was able to to find myself just with the camera, and I preferred uh, this this uh, loneliness and this intimacy. 
so as soon as I as I was doing like this first assignment just with the camera, uh, I decided that I preferred this instead of being with a big group of people working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Photography, depending on the genre of photography, it's it could be very solitary and therapeutic for a lot of people, where you just go, kind of go out by yourself and and capture these stories. But like we, like I read in the story that you you published on fullblogger dot com, the the solitariness is an aspect that you have to be aware of, especially when you're doing stories like you did around the Orinco River, right? It's not necessarily the safest environment. Can you, can you tell us about just how that particular story came to be and what drove you to create it? Yes. Um, when I told you that I started uh, uh, very young here with the photography, uh, I came uh, to the plains of the Orinoco. It's a huge uh, region, one of the six regions in Colombia. Um, it's almost like Italy. So all the rivers um, goes to the Orinoco River, which is the biggest river mm -hmm. uh, in the region. Uh, so I arrived in two, 2007 uh, to one part of, the, of this big region, but not to the Orinoco. So I started the first uh, eight years, uh, let's say, to, to become a photographer and through telling the stories of the llaneros, which, which are like the cowboys in America mm -hmm. or the gauchos in Argentina. So I was uh, working like uh, with an anthropologist, uh, uh, going with them by horse with all these uh, floodable savannas and living with them by horse many years and by river. So all the time the Orinoco, uh, I never, I was never been uh, to the Orinoco, but uh, all the time was a reference, a geographic reference and cultural reference. Uh, so all the time I wanted to go there. It was like a goal. One, once arriving to the Orinoco, it was like an epic journey for me. Yeah. And I tried uh, to go once, uh, but uh, by horse it was very complicated. Uh, so we just did like a one month of a trip. And we, we go back, we went back. Uh, so it was until 2015 that for the first time I arrived by boat, uh, like in a 12 hours trip by the river, by the Meta River. Uh, and I arrived for the first time to the Orinoco. So uh, it was not uh, mm, something, it was new because I, I was never been there, but uh, it, it was like my goal always to, to arrive there. Yeah, right. what was that? What was that like when you when you got off? So a twelve hour journey on the boat, and then you arrived there. What was that like? Having that been your, you know, that being your goal for such a long time. It was like a. Uh, it was like a, a result. Like uh, if all these previous years uh, was uh, was there, uh, yeah. same time, uh, and giving like uh, empowering this moment of. Uh, being in fa facing the Orinoco, uh, yeah. which is like an enormous river, and uh, all the myths that I had before or the previous idea there it was like more magnificent. Yeah. And, and um, since the first day and since the first contact, I, 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 I knew that uh, I had to stay there and uh, live there and, and explore this river. So, yeah. yeah. How long did you how long did you stay there and explore the river? Uh, I have been 
I came back uh, 15 days ago. Oh, I, just, just I, now. Okay, it's new. Yeah, I'm still working there. And now, here I am in Jopal. Uh, it's, a, it's a small town mm-hmm. at the plains. Yeah. So it's like uh, the department is the next department next to the Vichada, which is where the Orinoco is. So I am in the same region and I, I'm still living here. Oh, so it's sort of like the next town over or the next area over? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's that's so interesting. So so describe for the people that, that are they're trying to get their brain around what that's like. So first of all, the 12-hour journey on the boat, how was that 12-hour journey? Was it, you know, was it, was it comfortable? Was it challenging just making your way to, to the destination? Or, you know, how to just describe how that went. Yeah, there is a commercial line. Uh, to arrive to the Orinoco, there is no uh, road trips. Um, so the only way to arrive uh, is by 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 river, uh, by the river. Um, so these twelve hours, um, it's kind comfortable, mm-hmm. um, but you you need to to stop like uh, each time someone goes to the river uh, side to ask uh, or to take the boat so you are stopping all the time and seeing all the the people and the communities and the differences because i, I was living uh, in oroque uh, where i took the boat yeah um, and oroque is a janeiro town it's a very different culture um so when once you you go for further to the by the meta river on the way to the orinoco you start to, to see the differences of the cultures, more indigenous, no? Because mm. uh, in the Orinoco region, there is like uh, nine different languages. So you, you by 12 hours, you start to see the, uh, the, the difference of the population. And this is really, really interesting because you, you notice that even if it's the same region, you are in a completely different world. It's like yeah. a different world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's exciting. Um, I want to, I want to transition into this, the story itself. So, um, you spent, you know, looking at the story that was on the full Um, it, you know, they wrote that you, you, you traverse 330 kilometers out of 2200 kilometers that span that, that border between Colombia and Venezuela in Venezuela. The, like a day in the life of 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 sort of moving in that environment with all the different languages what what is that like and specifically what are the the sort of dangers that a photographer specifically a female photographer face while in that that kind of environment mm-hmm. mm, I always wanted to not just the Orinoco was like the, the goal for me, but mm-hmm. uh, Venezuela, Venezuela culture, because yeah. the Janeiro culture that I just told you is a binational culture. It's not co- just in Colombia, it's Colombo, Venezuelan culture. Mm-hmm. So my favorite poets and regions and culture is this, this culture of both sides. So I identify myself also a lot with Venezuela, but I've never been, I just been in the board at the border. So, when I was by boat, the 12 hours, um, you start after seven hours, you start to see Venezuela. You start to be on the Venezuelan side. 
So this for me was really exciting, uh, the way to at least uh, arrive uh, to, to, to this part. And uh, when I arrived uh, to Puerto Carreño, the capital city uh, the, from the Colombian side, mm-hmm. uh, I realized that I had so, so much, um, what to say, um, hope and need to be in the, in the Venezuela side, but it was really complicated. So this was like the first um, uh, realization that I, that I had that it's, I'm the closest uh, in my life to Venezuela. Yeah. I, I wanted always to be here in this country, but I cannot uh, go. Uh, so I started to to talk with people because a lot of people are from Venezuela living in Puerto Carreño. So my my way was to talk with them and try to understand what is happening in the other country, but in the Colombian side, which is also kind of is also like Venezuela because it's. It's like, so close, yeah. It's close. So um, this was like um, the, 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 the big wall no? for the, or limit for me. Because uh, uh, once, uh, the first time I tried to, to cross, uh, I, I went with a very small camera with a Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, 28 millimeters. And uh, with a friends, and you cannot say that you're a photographer, so... Um, they do a lot of uh, checkpoints and it's, it's very dangerous for a Colombian and for a photographer. Not just because of the National Guard or the guerrillas, but also because of the people living at the towns, the Venezuelan side, they are very paranoid if you are from the intelligence of the state and you are taking pictures of the contraband or something. You know? mm. So this is really, really, really tricky. Uh, this was like the dangerous thing uh, because the you dangerous in terms of people thinking that that you're not just a photographer you may be trying to capture the images for some other organization or a government or something like that right yeah, yeah. probably if i have probably if, if i go like uh, with a with a formal press uh, international i don't know with a carnet or something is easier to have the permissions, but uh, like the way I move, uh, it's, it's complicated because you are one more <laughs> from yeah. the mm-hmm. from people, and uh, it can be anything. It can be. Uh, and when, when you when you're when you're there, Juanita, and you're sort of in the mix capturing the images, which are fantastic, by the way. Um, are you are you traveling around alone? Are you are you with another person, or is it just you, just sort of out there doing your thing? I travel uh, all the time. I travel. I, I, I don't travel alone. I mean, I travel with people living there. And so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I get uh, get too many time to, to, to make like relationships and friendships because uh, I move uh, with them. Let's say the, the the boat driver is really a really close friend. So uh, this is also a way of protecting myself. Uh, and to know to, to get to get uh, and to know better the region, but uh, I always I'm always with them because I don't know how to drive uh, a, a boat in these uh, dangerous rapids. I don't know. I cannot. Uh, anyone can cannot go uh, alone. Just the indigenous people and the fishermen. Yeah. But um, you cannot arrive alone by yourself. I mean, 
I live alone in terms of I, I don't live with my friends from from the cities or with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in this sense, I am alone. Uh, but I I build relationships, and after one or two months, I I, I have plenty of close friends, which I really can uh, trust uh, yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Do you do you worry? Um, and 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 later in the interview, I want to talk about gear a little bit. But do you worry about the, you know, the you know, having expensive gear with you and you know maybe having someone take it from you or or come get it when you're not attending to it? Do you are there those kind of safety concerns or do you have that part covered? No, no, no. This is not a safety concern about the about uh, someone steal your yeah, your gear. Uh, no i mean if you go to venezuela that's why i don't go with the with my, with the camera with the biggest camera yeah. i go with the small one because the rico yeah so uh, something like this they will steal from you uh, even sometimes um, once it was uh, we had a uh, by the at the border we had a persecution uh, we were by boat uh, from colombia and the National Guard, La, La Guardia Nacional, um, they persecute us and they wanted probably, not the camera because they didn't see, but they wanted to, to take the, the, the motor, the uh, boat. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So, so confiscate, you know? Yeah. Confiscate. They, they bring it. So we were like uh, quick uh, going to the Colombian side to take uh, a tree from the Colombian side. So they cannot uh, take him, <laughs> and wow. they were waiting there until we we start again to move. Mm-hmm. And once we start again to move, they came again and start the persecution <laughs> to try to get something. But uh, yeah, you can find these kind of things uh, by river, so they can confiscate um, the motors or something. What do you, what do you think? What would you say is the 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 biggest challenge in creating this body of work that you hit? Was it was it the travel? Was it you know the 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 security? What, what, what's the biggest um, obstacle that you had to overcome? Mm, um, physically, uh, in terms of logistic. Either or, either or logistics yeah. or or technology or wh- whatever. Yeah, uh, in terms of log- uh, I will start with the logistic, uh, with the planning of the trip. Mm, it's very complicated that there is no commercial lines uh, through the Orinoco. As I told you, there is commercial line through the Meta River to arrive to the Orinoco. But once you you arrive to the Orinoco, there is no commercial lines that goes. So you cannot take a boat and go to the next community uh, normal. You, you need to, orga- to do a big organization to find the food and uh, to hire a motor, uh, a motor mm-hmm. man uh, that can bring you and can cross the dangerous uh, rapids, the Maipures rapids, which is like, uh, like, the, like the sea. There is, yeah. This is really, really dangerous. So just I just met three persons that can drive through through these rapids, and you really feel like a big storm in the middle of the sea, like a roller coaster, right? Yeah. So this is really complicated. Sometimes you need to 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 change the boat and to take um, 
to take it by 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 land and to take all the things by land uh, yeah because of the because of the river so there is it's like 300 kilometer but uh, you have to cross the most dangerous uh, rapids in uh, Oko. So this is uh, complicated and very expensive, really expensive. Uh, so at the beginning, um, the tricky point was to find when I didn't have like uh, all the, the money and the resources to, to, to go, um, I was moving with the, um, uh, with the hospital brigades, um, with the health uh, brigades, like mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> that they were visiting communities. So I, I, I talked with them. I, I told them that I was I was a photographer and I needed to, to travel, but I didn't have the resources to do it. So they, they took me and also a biologist uh, also took me to one of these trips. Um, so at the beginning, it was uh, harder to move for me because... Uh, because of this, in terms of the equipment, it's also really tricky because I'm not like the kind of photographer that really takes care about the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have now uh, a Sony, a Sony seven two seven two R, and um, for me now it's like uh, three years with me, but it seems like uh, fifteen years. After the first year, the camera was having uh, troubles. Yeah. So this is really, really difficult because of the humidity, yeah, the dust, uh, and, and this. And uh, this part of the logistic, because the the other big part of the of the work and challenges are the relationship with the, the communities and the different people, and uh, especially the first. Uh, the first time that you meet them. Uh, so you arrive to a different language, a community, and you need to, and you arrive practically alone. I mean, you, you, are, you are not with an organization, you are not uh, giving them a water solution system, you know, like uh, it's normal, like uh, all kind of organizations arrive there, but you are a photographer and you want to tell their stories and you, you, you need with the first meeting, uh, speak to all the community, and this mm-hmm. happened to me. Like uh, all the community was uh, <clears throat> in a meeting, in order that I that I explain them um, very clearly what I want to do there and why, and and that was like a challenging and very mm, very how to say. Uh, also very important to me, like uh, to be able to, to, to explain and, and to convince them uh, that, that they allow me to, to stay there so, and, to, and to follow their, their, their stories and also to explain that uh, I, I will not promise uh, any educational solution or you, you are not promised or money or nothing, but uh, they need to tell the stories, no? So... Uh, this was uh, at the beginning challenging. I can then, imagine. Yeah, I can. Going. Well, yeah. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Then you continue after the first time. You continue because once you have the, the this confidence, you you, you start like uh, to build a relationship. But at the first meeting, you you are facing uh, all let's say uh, fifty different people from completely different culture and years, 
and that they are seeing you like a very strange <laughs> person mm -hmm. and uh, trying to, to, to catch their interest and their love, their sympathy, their empathy. So that, that this is... Um, yeah, it's it's the I can imagine because you're you're a strange person. They're a stranger to them and you have to gain their trust and then you have to create the photographs. Right. And you're not able to compensate them for the photographs. So there's even more trust that you're going to do the right thing. So that's a you must have really sharp skills on gaining trust from people. Was that that was that seems like that was probably, you know, is in terms of logistics, that was one of the biggest issues, right? Just sort of gaining that trust so that you as a photographer could go in there and create these images, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think this is like the strongest part of my career, my personality. Like, uh, first, I, I always had and I always uh, knew uh, since my childhood that, that I had this uh, possibility to make uh, friends and to, to, to contact people. So uh, this was in the, in the first time when I arrived uh, to the planes in 2007. Uh, I started my first project with women also in the, in the, in the planes with mm -hmm. the Janine. Um The photography was not that, uh, I mean, it was my first work, my first images. So the, the, the photos are not that uh, interesting. But uh, since the beginning, I had this connection and this possibility to, to get really deep inside uh, people's lives. So that, that was like amazing the way that this kind this uh, possibility opens yeah. uh, so much. Uh, well, take, take us inside of that world. So when you're when you're shooting and you're 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 telling the stories photographically of these women and the challenges and the and the successes, what what are some of the, the, the bigger challenges that they face living in that area and, you know, sort of the story that you documented? What, take us through that, the challenges and the, you know, the, the, the hardships that they had to go through or that they continue to go through. Yeah. So there is, let's talk about two territories. Um, so one is like the, 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 the border, like crossing the border along these 300 kilometers yeah. of Pinoco. And uh, this is one of one part of my of my work. The other part of my work, uh, in terms in terms of geography, is the is the big town, uh, Puerto Carreño, so the support uh -huh. in the Colombian side. So uh, in Puerto Carreño, it's really important for me. Uh, almost half of the work is made, and I I, I am based there in Puerto Carreño, um, and um, the let's say like uh, the difficult situation that i found in this uh, in this town motivated me to start uh, with in a very strong uh, with a strong determination the story of women so uh, because um, as i told you all these in all this world there are too many cultures but there in puerto carreño it's like a melting pot of uh, different languages and cultures, mm -hmm. and uh, you can see it's not that big. It's not a it's not a city. It's like uh, let's say fifteen thousand uh, inhabitants, mm -hmm. and and you see that uh, uh, the people living at streets with drug problems and prostitution problems are pe and people indigenous people from one uh, specific etnia uh, or. 
uh, yeah, indigenous community called Amorua. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Amorua, uh, they are the originally, they, they were like the first inhabitants in all this region. They are the original inhabitants of, of this territory. And they are like uh, the people suffering the most uh, complicated consequences of, of the conflict. Not just the Venezuelan crisis. It's not because of the Venezuelan crisis. It's because of the abandonment, of the meeting with the colonial culture. No, So you see at the streets, um, girls from, the, from 10 years old, 12 years old, into the prostitution and drugs. Uh, wow. And from this etnia, and this etnia is supposed to be of one of the, um, has like a, this risk, risk of, uh, of being uh, in extinction, I don't know how to say, in Colombia, like uh, they are um, finishing, I mean, there is not a big amount of these people in Colombia, yeah. so yeah. Um, to, to see this, and uh, I started to, to, to ask uh, to ask me and to ask people why why is it possible that the, that the, the woman and these girls are uh, into this mm, and if you ask to the different institutions uh, like uh, the army the institutions for the child called the bienestar familiar um, the government uh, nobody wants to, to really talk about because nobody is doing nothing uh, for this. Um, so this kind of uh, the, the difficulties of the, of the children, the women, yeah. uh, was one of the, is one of the biggest problems still. And it's not anything has changed. Now has, has your, has the, the body of work or this, this project, has this, has it affected any change, bringing awareness to it? And I, I imagine this whole Fuji project will, will help bring some awareness and some traffic to this. But so far, have, have you seen any, any positive effects? I, I, I think uh, uh, I cannot say like a direct positive effect. I mean, the effects that, I, that I've been, <clears throat> that I noticed is that uh, the publication of Orinoco, uh, we did like uh, 1,000 copies. And one of the goals for this publication is to distribute uh, in the in the village of Puerto Carreño. So there is a lot of testimonies and chronics about all these different situations, uh, especially about women, not just these Amorua girls, mm -hmm. but also all the Venezuelan migrants. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's like the impact that. Uh, one inhabitant reads this and it's happening here in my village and some awareness no but uh, I, I think um, I, I didn't move yet uh, so much the pro the work I think is coming by the next years in order to, to catch like a more um, uh, not just the interest but uh, really <laughs> not just a small and short uh, workshop to these girls, but uh, really like uh, to, to think about these solutions, huh? Yeah, no, I understand. So uh, let's switch gears a little bit, and um, as we as we come to the end, I want to talk about the the gear that we talked a little bit about the Rico and the small cameras, and you know uh, the challenges that you had with gear up to 
you know, and including doing this project, what were your choices? Kind of explain like what are what was in your bag? Like what's what what are the the pieces of gear that you chose to take with you to do this thing? You know, the Fuji cameras, the lenses, and and all that stuff, and and why you made those choices? Yeah, uh, I have uh, the Sony Seven II R um, body, mm-hmm. mm, and I use it almost all the time with a 35 millimeter uh, lens with a very simple uh, lens. I mean, it's a very short, it's like, uh, oh, let me see. Mm-hmm. It's like that short. Oh yeah, that is little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is, also great because it's not heavy at all. Before I was using, uh, in, my, in the first part of my work in the, at the planes, I used uh, a big uh, Canon, like a Mark III. Mm-hmm. And then I, I switched uh, to a Ricoh, and I used a Ricoh for like almost two years, and I was so happy to use just this Ricoh because I, I was able to, to really run by horse and not think at all of the camera. Yeah. And this was a, a great, like, um, in the middle of, of these two, like a good quality sensor, the sensor is great. And, uh, yeah. So, and I use sometimes, but very few times for the portraits when I have like a more time and this Leica. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. 50. That's a 50? Yeah. It's a 50. 2.2. It's a 50 and that opens uh, two. Uh, F2. So, okay. Yeah, and I use a flash. Use okay. A flash. And that's uh, it? That's, that's what... Try, that... But I use it a lot. I use uh, the flash uh, up in the camera. Not okay. with uh, any like uh, cable, but just uh, here. Just right, right on the on the camera? Yeah. And that's and while you're traveling around or around the, uh, you know, up and down the river and, and all that, those are the things that are in your bag? Is that... that Kind of those two cameras um, and those two lenses and a flash and that's it and, and you're I, able to I get all that work. Sometimes, some few times uh, with a small tripod. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then what do what do you use the tripod for mainly? To like just like landscape type shots or? Um. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not just landscape, but yeah, kind of landscape with people. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Wow. What, 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 that's, that's the, the, in a lot of ways, the opposite of a lot of the conversations I have with photographers, cause they go out and they have, you know, <laughs> five lenses, three camera bodies, a drone, you know, 360 cameras and all this other stuff. Uh, and, and they still don't tell the story, right? It's refreshing to see someone that that is telling stories with with just you know the essential gear, and it's all about the story and the people and the trust and the connections versus you know megapixels and new lenses and cameras and all this stuff. So that's that's fantastic. So what, what's next for Juanita? What's 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 next uh, on your list of things to do? Um, well, uh, it has to be also with a question that you just uh, did before, that uh, how much for in, uh, this work impacted uh, the situation of girls. Yeah. Yes. And um, for me, the goal is to, to I'm starting building or designing uh, a newspaper 
um, to be able to tell different stories uh, about this region that and urgent stories that need to be told and need to be known uh, not just at the with the inhabitants but with the governments and to to be able to catch more attention um, so for me this uh, from the 2015 that, that I arrived to this project to Dorinoco until now I, I just did a publication last year uh, about women this is like the first part let's say like the the first uh, like the context okay you know? yeah so You're setting the now, stage kind of right now I will yeah, yeah the first stage so yeah. now I will uh, go deeper into different uh, specific stories and these specific stories or chronicles chronics and mm -hmm. um, I will I'm planning to to deliver it uh, through this newspaper um, and I, I hope that this newspaper with the time um, I mean at least my big ambition is that this can like develop into a communitarian uh, newspaper that these girls and women can um, like be uh, sensible to tell stories and can learn to tell stories not just with me but with different colleagues and and be able like uh, this newspaper opens in a more educational process and to involve all this all this uh, yeah population that uh, I love that connected to, to yeah yeah that, that is fantastic so you you got a lot of you've got a lot of work to do Juanita <laughs> so we're mm -hmm. if people want to see this work yeah obviously we've got got photos in the and you know on full blogger and on this week in photo.com etc um, but if people want to connect with you directly um, what's, what's a good place for them to go to see this body of work and maybe reach out to you and, and communicate with you I think the best uh, thing is uh, to the email to the email and uh, if you put Orinoco, uh, Juanita Escobar, uh, like uh, some articles will come out and, and, and it's easy to, to, to reach me. Uh, but the, the best for me is the, is the, is the email. Okay. Email. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll list your email. In Colombia and in many places in, in Latin America, I have the publication of the book. Um, which is, yeah, it's the book that, uh, it's the book that we did with, uh, with the founds of the Magnum Foundation. Mm -hmm. So this oh, book is beautiful. Available. And, um, and yes, I, I have many copies in Latin America to the, for the distribution. Also in the U.S. I have some, but yes, it's, with the con contacting me. <laughs> okay, so just basically, basically through email, and I'll I'll list your email in the blog post for this, and it'll also be listed on fullblogger dot com as well. Juanita Escobar, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frederick. <laughs> this is fantastic, and congratulations on all the work that you're doing out there. That's, you know, like I said, that you're you're doing real photography. So <laughs> thank you for doing that, and thank you for for telling you personally once. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I would love that, you know, and and just the, you know, it, it's hard to get across. You know, I read the piece, and I, I would encourage people that are watching this to to read the piece and look at the images because it's hard to. It's hard to get your brain around all the things that you had to do and and the the issues that you were shining a light on down there. You know the the, the prostitution and all the other hardships that you as a as a photographer had to not only 
you know, photograph, like you were saying, gain the trust of your subjects, photograph them, but also stay out of harm's way at the same time with all the different challenges and the, you know, everything. So it's, it's, it's fantastic what you're doing. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Um, we will be in touch and uh, good luck with everything. We'll see you soon. Good luck. Ciao. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. This is Twitter.